Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving central and northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with CEO, author, and speaker, Kevin Hancock. Kevin is an award-winning author, speaker, and CEO of Hancock Lumber Company, a family-owned main business in operation since 1848 that is a six-time recipient of the Best Places to Work in Maine Award, the Governor's Award for Business Excellence, the MITC Exporter of the Year Award, and the Pro Sales National Dealer of the Year. Kevin's first book, Not for Sale, Finding Center in the Land of Crazy Horse, won three national book awards. His second book, The Seventh Power, One CEO's Journey into the Business of Shared Leadership, was released in February 2020. He is an advocate of strengthening the voices of all individuals within a company or a community through listening, empowering, and sharing leadership. Welcome to the show, Kevin. We are so excited to have you here today. Well, I'm super happy to be with you both. Thanks so much for having me. I just, I I am so excited because I, I love learning about leadership and I was able to, um, I've watched your, your TED Talks many times and just every time I watch it, I just feel so inspired. So it's, it's super exciting to have you with us today. And one of the questions I had is people search their whole life looking for their purpose and you found yours through a painful event. Can you tell us about that? I can, yeah. So, in well, first, I'm uh, the CEO at Lumber, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, in 2010, kind of at the peak of the housing market collapse, which was a super difficult time for our industry. Mm-hmm. I uh, acquired, I began to have trouble speaking, long story short, and it turned mm-hmm. out I'd acquired a, a rare neurological voice disorder called spasmodic dysphonia, which has uh, no known cause and no known cure. But from a leadership standpoint, you know, the issue was I was trying to help lead our company through a super difficult time. And suddenly I couldn't really talk and Mm -hmm. I never thought about it this way before. But if you're a a leader or a CEO, Mm -hmm. in my case, your tool is your voice. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly couldn't uh, use it. And it uh, really made me wonder I was even going to be able to keep doing my 
job. But essentially what happened was I had to quite quickly come up with a new approach to leading that mm-hmm. involved not talking very much. And mm-hmm. uh, that led me down a pretty simple trail at that point. If you're not going to talk a lot, you're going to listen a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I really ended up kind of uh, flipping my approach to leadership from talking to listening, from being on the stage to sharing the stage. Mm. And in time, um, what I saw is pretty much everything about our company got better and everything uh, about how it felt to do my job got easier. And I've just since now for a decade been doubling down and doubling down again on this idea of uh, leaders dispersing power, mm. sharing leadership, and giving voices to others. And, and I came to see in time the uh, partial restrictions of my own voice as an opportunity to strengthen the voices of others. And today, I'm just really into a, a, an organizational approach in which everybody leads and everybody speaks for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got there completely by accident. And as you said, I got there through, a, you know, essentially a disorder, a health disorder. Mm. It's so inspiring. I love I love what you what you said. There was um, on your on your website. I was reading it said leadership in the 21st century must be about dispersing power and giving others a stronger voice. Followers must become leaders in order to create change within every human spirit is sacred by design organizations must learn to free the human spirit rather than constrict control and direct it i just i love that that's so powerful and so in that what are some basic steps that business owners that have employees or ceos can take to move toward that yeah it's really uh simple conceptually but maybe hard to do for people who aren't used to it it really to me it's all about restraint so Mm. it's about the idea of those who have the most power by virtue of their title or position not using it Mm. not using it and creating space and time Uh, for others to lead, for others to share their voice. So it's really about, which is counterintuitive, it's about leaders or managers actually doing less, not more, and really focusing more on the culture of the organization and creating a platform for uh, truth and authenticity to surface. You know, you think about it, any organization, if people feel safe, safe to Mm -hmm. just be their authentic selves, say what they think, be who they are, be at peace as they are. Just think about how transformational that one uh, template can be. It really uh, changes everything. And I also, I might just quickly add, it really to me is about thinking about the higher calling uh, in this case, the place of work or company, like what's its purpose? This has really led me to rethink that question. And to me, 
uh, a, a great company has multiple purposes, but the first one is to be meaningful and valuable to the people who work there. Mm. I've really adopted what I've come to talk about as an employee-centric view of the company. The first job of the company is to be a place where the people who work there really uh, are taking value, not just economic value, but mm-hmm. but spirit, humanistic, uh, real deep value. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love that. So powerful. Yeah. Have you noticed now in, in some of the the other CEOs or other people who I've you've I've imagined you've talked to about you know dispersing leadership, dispersing kind of power. How how do you see that as being harder for those people? Because they is for you, you kind of didn't have a ton of choices in 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 changing your style. How do you think it's harder for other people who they they don't necessarily have to do it that way? Right, that's so true. I really have come to see my. Uh, voice condition as a a gift or blessing actually from my from my own soul if you will so i got this big boost or push into this uh new way of thinking and i and it is very different from the traditional top down power to the center Mm -hmm. hierarchy driven way of thinking. So I think it, it uh, is a bit more difficult for those who haven't been forced into it. But if you take a big step back and kind of look at the, the highest themes of the 21st century, of the, the kind of the dawning of the Aquarian age, if you will, I think they're all about dispersed power. I think we've been living for centuries in a social model, which is about power to the center, the capital, Mm -hmm. the empire. But really, in this day and age, the age of uh, the internet and dispersed information, dispersed energy production, and if you watch voices around the world, I think you're seeing this is the age of the individual, I guess is what mm-hmm. I would say, which mm-hmm. really means uh, the individual coming into his and her own power mm-hmm. and realizing that I am in and of myself an empire in the best sense of the word. I'm important. Mm-hmm. I'm sacred. Mm-hmm. I'm worthy. And yes. this doesn't mean that organizations aren't still going to be critical. Humans have to collaborate, but it's going to change the meaning, the purpose of those organizations. Those organizations, as I said, are going to first exist to serve the people who belong to them. And then the organization ends up thriving as the result of a higher calling. Like our performance as a company has improved pretty dramatically uh, in the years following taking up this approach, mm-hmm. but that's to me the outcome of something bigger and more important, which is really just celebrating. I mean, I don't want to overdo it, but humanity—you know, the mm. the sacredness of each person and honoring everybody mm. as they are—it's actually kind of getting back to a simpler uh, approach. 
and and when you just honor everybody as they are and don't feel like you have to fix control change regulate direct everybody think about how much easier life gets yeah Mm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think and i i like how that that approach also inherently kind of incorporates some type of perspective like you have the individual but the but is the perspective of how the individual then fits into the larger picture as well rather than just a total focus on the individual it also then kind of it readjusts the perspective of everything else around that as well Hmm, for sure Um, so another question that I, i had for you is how does it feel now that you have found that purpose well i think it's twofold it was such a great question um First, I do think it's um, it's simplifying, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. is the first thing I would say. And it really uh, brings focus because you kind of know what you're about. Yet at the same time, I think it's um, humbling because you've never you're never really done, of course, finding Mm -hmm. purpose. Right. and finding meaning and growing. So once you had a, a taste of clarity, I think mm-hmm. it just makes you even hungrier to want to uh, stay in a humble, centered place where you can keep growing. And, and the mystery of what's next gets more exciting. You know, if you, someone had asked me in 2008, what was going to happen to me in 2010 and given me a thousand guesses, I wouldn't have come up with this. Mm. Mm. This is powerful. So how does that, you know, it just, you are talking about how there's almost this excitement to see what's next. How does that open your eyes and really motivate you for each day? I think simply put, I just get up in the morning and I see the good in everybody. Like we have in our company 550 people uh, who are part of it. And they aren't, first of all, employees. They're human beings who happen as part of their life to have a job in our company. And I think the first step is to see them as human beings, Mm -hmm. not as employees. But when you start accepting everybody as they are and seeing and honoring the authenticity of each individual. Uh, you, you just see the good in everybody. And it's really true across our company and most companies, most, you know, people, people want to do the right things. They want to grow. They want to create value for others. Um, and it's just, simpler it's very simplifying to just meet people where they are Mm. as opposed to feel like because you're the boss or the ceo you have some unique right to mold people into something you want them to be that's really just a Mm. that's hard (laughs) that's Mm. stressful and that won't work so letting go of that is just really empowering that's awesome. Mm. So you found your purpose through your experience with your 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 voice uh, your voice issues. Do you think it's possible for other people to find their calling and purpose through time through difficult times or or times of pain? I do. I have a dear friend from um, 
California who's a psychologist and evolutionary astrologist, which is a great story for another day. But she calls planet Earth the, um, the planet of wounds and fear. And when you think about it, one commonality that connects every human is everybody suffers. Mm. Everybody has loss. It is inescapable to be human and not uh, have setbacks, pain, and suffering amidst all the joy and wonder of being alive. But pain and suffering and difficulty come for us all. And I also think that it would make humanity a much simpler place if we all just acknowledge that, that despite mm. the differences we see, everybody will experience pain and suffering in different forms. And I think that um, what's its purpose? Its purpose is, uh, I think, really lessons and growth, and, and, and it forces us to really look within ourselves and and if you if you look uh if you want to find meaning in setback it's the it's pretty much always there it's really mm -hmm. i think about being willing to look for it because i would say at the same time if you don't want to see it you have you're going to be able to not see it right um as well but yeah i think this is how we grow, you know, we grow from difficulty. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot of wisdom right there. But when you think about it that way, it, it doesn't necessarily make difficulty less difficult, right. but it does put a little bit of a different perspective on it. It's like, how can I take this authentically tough thing in my life and grow from it. Where's the lesson or the message or the opportunity mm -hmm. if I want to extract it? And that's really, I think, how you defeat pain. You don't ever make those hard things go away, but mm -hmm. you can really defeat them by growing from them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a path that you've gone through. Do you have any kind of insights or suggestions of how people can find the, the, the upside in those experiences or, or even just how you might have processed that? Yeah, the one thing I would say there is um, you have to look inward. Mm. That Those answers to your unique pains or challenges only mm -hmm. live inside you. Mm -hmm. And in a in a really kind of distracting external world with all the chaos we live in and the noise and the um, you know constant distractions, I think this is one of the real challenges of our age: is can we still take that breath and look within ourselves where the real journey uh, resides? For sure, yeah. So I, I have to ask this. This is I, I love I love like I said learning about leadership and um, always want to become a better leader. What would you say are would are five qualities that every great leader should have? If you had to just say you know th these are really important five qualities, what would those be? That's such a great question, and I think different people 
could build lots of different great lists, but mm-hmm. I would say perhaps that's uh, number one, <clears throat> humility. Mm. Number two, which is probably related to number one or builds off it. Number two, recognition that it's not about you. Mm. Number three, uh, respect for others as they are. Mm-hmm. Number four, uh, to see the higher purpose of what you're doing on a human scale. Mm-hmm. And number five is to see leadership as something to be shared and dispersed, not collected, hoarded, or possessed. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a lot to chew on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so you've you've brought a voice to the voiceless. Uh, how does that continue to motivate you as a leader? Well, I just think when you look around the world, I think this is the this is possibly the root of all social disharmony. Uh, I have a line on the bottom of every email I send that simply asks this question. What if everybody on earth felt trusted, respected, valued, heard, and safe? What might change? And I think it's possible that everything might change, that all of the social tension we see is a result of people not being helped to feel heard and safe uh, as they are. So I think my answer to your question is what uh, inspires me about this is um, it's twofold. There's so much work to do on that mm-hmm. plane. But second, uh, everyone can change the world because you really change it one human at a time. And every single time any of us help someone else feel heard, trusted, respected, and safe, that advance, that's how humanity advances. It happens one person at a time. Mm. I got goosebumps just sitting here. <laughs> I've had goosebumps this whole time. I'm like, this is just so good. It's so powerful. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, if we could all wrap our heads around that, I mean, it's true. It's just, how, how powerful would that be? We have an opportunity to really make effective change based on that. Um, what would you say is, you know, one of the biggest lessons or wins that you, that you've experienced as a, as a leader? Yeah, I'd say the biggest lesson is that less is more. Mm-hmm. That uh, having the ability to not act on everything you see mm-hmm. and trust that the team, the entire group, is capable, fully capable, more than capable handling pretty much everything that comes their way. That's the, um, for me, been the biggest lesson. I think that that really good leadership is uh, Mm -hmm. about last, not more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a quote that I came across the other day that's totally in line with that. And it was, uh, do as little as needed, not as much as possible, which is one of those things that I thought originally, you know, 
oh, gee, that's easier said than done. And then I, you read who the quote is by. Is the, it's a trainer for, who is a, co- well, a coach for a 23-time Olympic gold medalist. But it, you know, it sounds easy, but then you're like, oh, wait, this person was very <laughs> incredibly successful. There must be something to this. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a great quote. Yeah. And I, I, but it, it totally goes in that whole less is more thing, yeah. you know, you trying to do all these things when it really does boil down to something simple. And, and I like what, how you said that earlier about how everybody can change the world because we can do that in each interaction that we have. Mm. And I, that's why I think it's yes. so powerful because it, it, it gives us all work to do. It doesn't yes. put it off somewhere else. Like yep. we each have responsibility, responsibility yeah. and something that but also responsibility and it's something that we can actually take action on instead of feeling helpless in that we can we can actually even if it's a simple thing a lot of simple things can add up to something really big mm, for sure. yes lovely so this this is a question i'm always anxious to hear the answer to uh but who or what inspires you either professionally or personally yeah so lots of people but um one that's coming to mind this morning. I'm really inspired, have been inspired by the uh, writing and teaching and actions of uh, Gandhi, someone everyone's aware of. I have mm-hmm. one of his most powerful, uh, for me, quotes right on my desk in my office, which mm-hmm. when he simply said, become the change you wish to see in the world mm. that's such a paradigm changing view you know mm. all of us would probably like to see the world be something a bit different than what it is but mm-hmm. how to go about that is was just said can feel overwhelming unless you go at it like gandhi suggested which has just become that change don't worry about creating change in others, create mm. it within yourself. And that is really, I think, uh, the only way to create meaningful change. The one person I can try to get right is me. And I can say from experience, just getting myself right is pretty close to a full-time job. Like I gotta work <laughs> at it all the time. <laughs> so I'm saying Gandhi today. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I will co-sign on the on the full time job of make getting yourself yes. right. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, I completely agree with that. Sometimes sure. I feel like I put in a little OT each week on that. <laughs> quite honestly, yeah. with yeah. without without great results, but at least I I feel like I put in a little bit of work. Yeah. Wow. So one question we like to ask because we we love Maine, we love everything Maine. Is you know what is it that that you particularly love about Maine? Yeah, there are so many things, right? Uh, but I guess at the end of the day, I would say the people mm. that live in the state, it's just such a uh, authentic, integral, hardworking, lovely, feisty, independent, <laughs> yet neighborly community. There's really, I think anyone who really... Uh, knows Maine, knows that really isn't another community on earth <laughs> quite like ours. Right. <laughs> and, and we're lovably imperfect and yet have so many great attributes at the same time. So for me, it's the people. 
Yeah. Mm. So many great, great quotes in that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to quote Kevin on this. Yeah. Lovably imperfect. That is, I've never heard it put that way, but that is so true. It's just, it's in feisty. You know, I love uh, that yeah. passionate, feisty spirit that we have. Yeah, here. we're feisty, like in the best sense of the word. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I no, I, yeah, no, that, that fits. <laughs> that it. fits. As someone, as someone who moved here from away. Yeah, no, I'll, I, I agree. <laughs> I love it. I like, I like that one. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day and speaking with us. Uh, I think this has been a great uh, a great episode, and a lot of people are going to probably listen to this a couple of times. I know Kim's probably going to listen to it four or five times. <laughs> probably at, like ten. <laughs> um, but it, it, this is a lot of fun for us, very inspiring for us, um, and we will be sure to have uh, links to all of your to your website and to where they can find your books um, and, and uh, just a... All the social media information, all that, that will be in the show notes. So be sure to visit that and to check out the books. Uh, we'll probably even put in a link to the TED Talk that you did uh, because I know Kim would be mad at me if I didn't. So so thank you once again uh, for, for this yeah, time. It's been and an for, honor. Uh, it, it's been great. It really has been an honor. I feel just so inspired and, and, and just motivated. Um, and just, you know, again, just like some of the things you said, it just starts with you and just powerful. I mean, I think this is something that every single person um, and every single leader needs to hear. And you, you've really, uh, you're, you're a world changer. So thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for being with us. It's, it's been great. Well, Kevin Todd, thank you both so much. I really enjoyed being with you. And when you think about it, <laughs> we have a bit of shared mission because what you're doing with this show is is giving a voice mm. to lots of people across mm-hmm. Maine and I appreciate that opportunity and I appreciate you so I loved it thank you thank you so much thank Kevin. you have a great day Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening.